You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the star for Jockey, Clifton Collins Jr. Out of all the things you do in life, there's that one minute that you feel like you're the most important thing in the world because everybody's watching you. I was a great jockey for a little while. How you doing, Jax? I'm doing real good. I'm feeling good. Just tell me what's going on. It's it's just wear and tear. You've done some damage. You need to get yourself to a doctor. You are a doctor. I'm a horse doctor. You seen that new kid been training at Jerry's barn? Yeah, he can ride. Coming across the stress. That's right. Let him feel it. I'm gonna push back. I'm gonna push back. Push back. Push back. You know, when you get older, you start to realize that uh, you and your body they just ain't the same. Look, I know I'm not in the same shape as these young cats, but I still got a good couple years left in me. We come this far together, right? You can can just have a little cookie. I mean, just a dance. (laughs) I might be a little more shaped than what I thought. This photo, and I thought, what if I could be somebody like that? I'm sure you got wind of my winnings and came to some conclusion, but you know, by the time your earnings get carved up, there's not a whole lot left for the jockey. There ain't no better world. There's just this one. All right, this is uh, Will Mavity with NextBestPicture.com. Clifton, how you doing? I'm doing great. Well, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking time to talk to me. Do you have a, I mean, I, I see all kinds of the cowboy aesthetic in your room right now. Do you have a background with horses in general? I do. I do. Uh, you know, my grandfather was a contract player for John Wayne. He did all those, a lot of those westerns from Rio Bravo to the Sheepmen and um, worked with the old greats, you know, Howard Hawks, Mervyn Leroy. So I, I come from that and constantly watching films with him, but then being able to do a, a role like Lawrence and Westworld and all, all of that horse experience was a lot of fun too. So rodeo horse is very different than thoroughbreds and these, these dragster horses on the racetrack. So that, that was a whole new learning curve, but um, I, I love horses. I love them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, uh, you certainly play a character well who loves them. One thing the film talks about a lot is that the jockeys have to be very small. They have to keep their weight low. So I was curious what kind of physical preparation you had to do to kind of become this guy who does look like a jockey. A, a lot of calisthenics on top, in addition to a extreme diet. You know, once I, excuse me, once I got to a Turf Paradise in Northern Phoenix, I, I quickly got wind of how they ate and the things that they did. So I, I quickly adapted that. And it's, it's easier to do when you've got friends around you that are all doing the same thing because that's just how they live. So I wanted to live how they live. It wasn't like once I left set, I was going home to eat a pizza. It's like <laughs> eating almonds. You know, my, my dinner was usually, you know, 1 to 3 p.m. And uh, for, for stomach pains, you know, I, I, I'd knock off a couple almonds. If I was feeling really squirrely, I would I would dip into the secret bag of, of p- chocolate peanut M&Ms I had <laughs> I don't know what to you, but I think it's the shame. (laughs) (laughs) 
so yeah, I would, I would, I would sneak some of those in every now and then, but I, I dropped 143. Wow. <laughs> I don't think That's... I weighed since I was 16. Yeah. Oh my God. Likewise. That's wild. So you, you mentioned that you really got embedded with the jockeys. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of what kind of prep you did with them in general, getting to know them, stuff like that? It, it's really just, a, a, you know, assimilation and hanging out with them and, and doing as they do. So it would be the, you know, whether you join a, you know, the army or a, a football team or a, a band or, or things of that nature, you, you quickly learn, you know, who the like-minded people are. Uh, you're always ear hustling, trying to pick up any game <laughs> wherever you can. So uh, that was my trick to getting in. And I'm, I'm like a sponge. Like I, I try to soak as much as I can, as quickly as I can, so I can disappear into my environment. I, I want all the actor stuff out of the way. I don't want to, let's pretend I retired from acting. Maybe I'll be a trainer. Maybe I'll be a jockey. You know, some of those jockeys were taller than me. Uh, Cato was 71 when we did that film. He's still racing. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a certain breed of people for sure. So just being in that room allowed me to pick up the latest uh, vernacular and, and verbiage that they use, culturally speaking. So that was good. So it allowed me to, to bring, you know, that authenticity and, and how they speak and the words that they use. Because things have changed since both Clint and, and his father had raised. Right. You know, words change and the, the ideas and the way they function. And, and even the culture, it's like it's far more Latino heavy now. Yeah. Whereas it, I remember a, a world that was more Cajun heavy. You know, so we played with that idea at first before we went to Latino, which was really Clint's idea. And when I got there, I saw all the Latino. There's a lot of Latinos in the movie you might not even know are Latino because they're half white like myself or just just been in America for a long time. So they seem real country, you yeah. know. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. So um, I can't stop thinking about the last shot of the film and the fact mm-hmm. that you go through basically the entire array of human emotional spectrum in like the span of a minute and a half long take. Can you tell me a little bit about just that scene and what you're doing there in general? Uh, th- thankfully, we, we shot mostly in sequence. So you get to grow as artists, as, as uh, actors, as friends, as the characters in the film. So that 
last shot up, <clears throat> I wasn't exactly sure how far Adolfo was going to go with me, our amazing DP. Yeah. Um, so I asked Clint, I said, okay, this is the last shot of the movie. It's a big deal. What beats do you see here? And he gave me more or less, like probably, you know, I don't know, two or three beats. I said, cool. And he's going to follow me up to the parking lot. I said, yeah. So okay, we haven't established it because I know. I said, okay, cool. I said, well, this is what I'm going to go through. Uh, X, Y, Z, I'm turning the corner. I'll, I'll throw a th look back and I'm, I, I want to give my love and my blessing. And it's emotional because uh, somebody I thought was my son, it's not my son, but I still love the kid. He's driven, he's passionate, he's doing it for all the right reasons. And I'm letting go and I'm embracing who I am. And I haven't been able to do that. The whole, my whole career, I haven't been able to do that. I Sure, I could talk about the glory days of this race I did or that race I did, or that one time I did this one thing nobody thought I'd do. I could talk about all of that, but I can't talk about who I am right now or, or where I think I'm going and know I'm going. Um, and, and there's something very cathartic about uh, letting go and just em embracing whatever is and what will be and it's uh, it's 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 a uh, it, it evokes a lot of emotions and, and tears. So I just I think we got that in two takes. Yeah, there's there's one that was slightly heavier, like slightly more emotional. Um, yeah, so that was that was. But I, I knew one of the greatest joys for me again. It, it always goes back to the jockeys because those are the people I'm representing on the screen. And to have their blessings or to, to steal their hearts is, is probably one of the greatest joys. And I, I just remember that the jogs had already gotten used to us being there and we're all like pretty tight and they know that we're going to be leaving soon too. And they know what the story is now because they didn't get scripts, but they've seen it and they've experienced yeah. it, their lives more or less pieces of it. And, you know, there are so many jockeys just stuck around to watch that shot. Oh, man. Um, and to see some of those jockeys crying, <laughs> I was like, ah, I gotcha. Oh, man. And I'm assuming that fed you and made you in turn cry more. Too. Oh, man, that's heavy. Okay. And then uh, last question, you know, you're one of those actors who you see in everything. I don't even know how many credits you have, but you, uh, <laughs> you've worked with a million great directors. Uh, who is somebody you would really love to work with next? The same people I'm working with. <laughs> I love the Guillermo del Toros. I love the Soderbergs. I love uh, the Alejandro Inaratus. Uh, you know, I would love to add Pedro to the list. I'm Aldovar. Um, oh and, yeah. And um, and Clinton Gregg. I'm, I'm, I'm. We're dying for another beautiful uh, collaborative get down. And hopefully on the indie scope, because there, there's a, a, a such a the, the rewards are different on that on that level of intimacy. And it, it, there's so much magic that happens as a result of the machine not being so present. Yeah. You know, there are producers showing up on set from the studios talking about this or that or the clock or none of that. So there's a beautiful creative freedom that just uh, that finds its own ebb and flow within the story and the parameters of the theme and things of that nature that are, are allowed to just be. And when you've got a crew of 10, uh, uh, you know, two, three other dedicated actors um and a and a director and a producer that are all um there on the same you're, you're all heading to the same place and trying to get to the same way so you've got all these like minds nobody's going against each other you know we've yeah. got ideas and collaborative ideas that we want to address and explore but we'll explore them together and there's something really there's just magic that happens when you do that yeah this was uh, this was indie cinema at its finest beautiful bit of no budget filmmaking and i'm so glad you got a good shining lead role so 
we get to appreciate so much of what you can do. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. You know, I wish you best of luck this award season. And I hope uh, everybody enjoys the movie and that you get to do plenty more great roles like this for years to come. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be good, Will. Thanks so much. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Will Mavity's interview with Clifton Collins Jr., the star of the new independent film Jockey here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Jockey is currently playing in limited release from Sony Pictures Classics and has been nominated for three Independent Spirit Awards, including Best First Feature and Best Actor for Clifton Collins Jr. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hey Hey there! there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.